Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Story Pirates Podcast. I'm Lee, and wowzers, do we have a great one for you today. We've got Armpit Army... Wait, Armpit Armies? Did I read that right? What is that? Okay. We've also got werewolf teachers, refurbished furniture, poison ivy. Uh, but not like real poison ivy, right? Because that would be um, hard to do in an audio medium. We've also got little plastic horses. Ooh. And so much more coming up right after these quick words for the grown-ups. Hey, grown-ups, if you live in the Midwest United States, you can bring your kids to see Story Pirates live on the Amazing Adventure Tour, proudly sponsored by Carnegie Hall Kids. You can find tickets at storypirates.com live. Shows feature Eric from the Story Pirates podcast and Peter hosting in Wisconsin and Illinois. The Amazing Adventure Tour is headed to these cities in May. Iowa City, Iowa, St. Paul, Minnesota, Akron, Ohio, Plainfield, Indiana, Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin, featuring Peter, Skokie and Juliet, Illinois, also featuring Peter. We really would love to see you there. That ticket link again is storypirates.com slash live. Now back to the show. Hey, grown-ups! If you're a fan of comedy, there's a brand new podcast from our friend Justin Bartha that I wanted to tell you about. You may remember Justin from Episode 7 this season. He's the treasure hunter at the Met and, as you heard, a seriously funny actor. Justin's show is called King of the Egg Cream, and in addition to Justin, it has just the most incredible cast. Again, this show's just for grown-ups and probably older kids. Grown-ups, you can take a listen yourself and see what you think. But if you're a fan of hilarious stuff and well-told stories, you will probably like King of the Egg Cream. Here's a taste. Ah, wow. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Okay, almost there. I give up. Hey, Rolo. Oh, hello, Megan. What are you doing? Well, I was using this old wooden chair as a step stool so I could reach my soup ingredients on the top shelf, but it's too short. How did you reach those ingredients before? I've never been able to reach the top shelf. Then who put those ingredients up there? They came with the ship. Anyway, point is, I have no use for this old chair anymore, so I guess it's just going in the trash. So long, chair. You served me well. Well, actually, no, you didn't. You're not very comfortable to sit in, and you're too short to help me reach the top shelf. But I respect the fact that you still were, in many ways, a chair. Hey, Rolo, if you're just going to throw that chair in the garbage, do you think I could have it? Sure, but what do you need this short, uncomfortable, gross old chair for? I can't explain it, Rolo, but I have a vision for it. Furniture should be cherished and maintained, not just thrown out the second it no longer suits us. This chair has life bursting out of every joint, ready for me to help it reach its full potential. You're going to put googly eyes on it. I'm going to put googly eyes on it. I just like writing stories. That's a good line. What kind 
and that's what gets up on your story. I think, like, honestly, I might find out they're a werewolf. And that inspires me that jokes are very funny. to the Story Pirates podcast, everyone, where we take stories written by kids and turn them into sketch comedy and songs. Just one more dab of glue. Hey, voila! One old wooden chair. Restored! Did somebody say old wooden chair? Rachel, I was just telling Rolo here that my new thing is that I love furniture restoration. Furniture? But that's my thing. You know this. My whole thing is chairs. Chairs are a type of furniture. Rachel, you're more into furniture construction or making furniture. What I'm doing is furniture restoration or making furniture better or, in this case, more googly-eyed. Oh, well, in that case, carry on. Oh, wait. Before you go, you want to do a story? Sure. And here to introduce it is the author. Hi, my name is Jack. I'm eight years old. I live in New York, and this is my story, Conquering Pitland. Finger roll call. Pinky. Down here. Ring. Present. Middle. Whatever. Index. Index. Your index, sir. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> General Fat Thumb, the hand army fingers are ready. Uh, thank, thank you, Sergeant Index. Gather around, fingers. What I'm about to tell you is top secret classified information. For decades, I have been in search of one of the most elusive of kingdoms. A kingdom not only filled with untold treasures, but also the possibility of being a new home for us, the Hand Army. At 0800 hours earlier today, our intel finally discovered the hidden location of Armpit Land. Goodness, so down, so down, Hand Army. Perhaps you've heard rumors of the Armpit Land. I have heard it's the most beautiful place in the world. I heard Pitland smells so sweet, it's like a smell you couldn't even imagine. If we could get our hands on their flowers, it would be worth a ton of money. But most of all, it can be a new home base for us. So, this is your mission. Infiltrate and conquer Pitland. Major Pinky will brief you with the strategy. Thank you, General. Our intel has discovered that Pitland resides deep in the base of Armville. The Hand Army will have to travel through the treacherous lands of the Forearm, climb over the unsurmountable elbow, cross the wild lands of Bicep, and finally, cut to the underside of the shoulder, where the Pitland Kingdom resides. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty long journey. This is the toughest mission any of you fingers have ever faced, but I know I can count on you, and not just literally. To prepare, you will have to train for a year at Fist Gym and Wrist Camp. Yes! All right, you bunch of lazy digits. Welcome to Wrist Camp. It's time to work those joints and tighten your grip. Bend and stretch. Bend and stretch. Don't let a little carpal tunnel get you down. Oh, oh, I can't bend that way. Index, you're doing it wrong. Let me help you. No, no, don't, Middle. You know what happens when you pull a finger. Ew, gross. And good. You fingers all nailed it. <laughs> anyway, it's been six months. Now on to Fist Gym. 
Welcome to Fist Gym, you knuckleheads, where we are gonna toughen you up. You will get calluses in places you didn't even know existed. Your cuticles will sweat and your collective palm will weep. Hit the weights. Harder, faster, harder, faster. Let me see those knuckles pulsing. This training is going to go on for a very long time. All right, it's been a year of training and I have got to hand it to you. This is the best army this arm has ever seen. On to Pitland. There it is, the gates of Pitland. All right, get your game faces on, fingers. Hello, I am the king of Arm Pitland. Who's there? King, we are but humble visitors looking for a friendly game of Tickle Soccer. Tickle Soccer? It has been ages since Pitland has had a game of Tickle Soccer. Oh, but our hair plants are sensitive, and I'm afraid a game of Tickle Soccer will ruin them. We promise to be gentle. Oh, well, in that case, you've convinced me. <laughs> you can come in to play Tickle Soccer for 30 seconds, but then you must leave. Our hair plants will die if you trample on them for longer. Sure, sure. No problem. I pinky swear. Guards, open the gates. Ha-ha! <laughs> These fingers were crossed. Charge! <laughs> Head for the trees! I see them! They are so beautiful, they smell like... Follicles! Release the fumes! Oh! What is that smell? It smells like skunk! Oh, my eyes are burning! I can taste it in my mouth! We must leave at once! Retreat! Oh, oh, Trees, you did it! Your pungent smell drove them away, and Pitland is saved once again! Hooray! Now that the Hand Army has retreated, who is up for a game of Pit Pong? <laughs> Fingers, I think we're safe. What happened in there? That smell was not sweet. And now we have no home. We are doomed. Don't you give up on me, soldier. Don't you know how many thumb wars I've been through? This is nothing. Sure, perhaps Pitland isn't all it was cut out to be. But I know there's a land out there for us. Well, I've heard of another land that smells even better than Pitland. It's called Footville. Ooh. I've heard of Footville. I hear those toes throw a great jam. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, well, I don't want to toe cramp their style. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, I, I just remembered my arch nemesis lives there. Well, wait, if it's going to be our new stomping grounds, we'll have to go down there and give them the boot. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I can't wait to try out their cuisine, like the below me sandwich. I get it. Just remember, I'm lack toes intolerant. That all sounds terrific. <clears throat> but I, I just hope it smells better than Pitland. You know what stinks even more than Pitland? What? what? All of these puns! That is true. That is Someone true. had to say it. These yeah. are bad puns. We went too far. Yes. We went too far. The end! 
I love that. Hey gang, does anyone else remember this big, ugly credenza being here? Does it? I don't remember. Oh, sorry, that's mine. And that's my settee, and that's my pie cabinet. Oh, don't touch. The first coat of paint's still drying. Megan, what is all this stuff? Everyone, I've decided to start my own vintage furniture store. A vintage furniture store? Yes! I'm taking old, gently used furniture and upcycling it into something new and fabulous. I'm giving these dusty old pieces a new lease on life. But where are you getting all the vintage furniture from? From people on the ship. So... Us? And whom are you selling the restored furniture to? People on the ship. So, us? Okay, well, when you say it like that. <laughs> Look, you just have to see the furniture to really understand my artistic vision. Like, check out this macrame wall hanging I made from some string and this old driftwood I found in Siegfried's room. That's not driftwood, it's my spare axe handle. And that's not string, that's my string. Well, now it's the basis of a fabulous macrame wall hanging. But Megan, that's... <laughs> check out this kooky fun mirror I restored. Hey, that looks like my mirror. That's because it is. But it looks like all you did was glue little plastic horses onto it. I did. Where did you get the horses? From Baby with the Mustache's room. <gasps> my horsies, my tiny precious horsies. I don't get it. How does that improve upon the mirror? Can I see myself any clearer? No. In fact, looking in the mirror is harder now on account of all the little horses I glued onto it. So you made the mirror worse? Furniture restoration is a tricky art, Peter. Some people compare it more to a science. Wait, I don't remember anyone on the ship having this credenza. Where'd you get it? I bought it off the internet for $5. I'm gonna sand it, paint it, replace the knobs on it, then replace the entire thing with better material. I think I could probably sell it for seven whole dollars when I'm done with it. That's a $1 profit and that's nothing to scoff at. <gasps> My goodness! I almost rhymed. Wait, but how much did you spend on the supplies to restore the credenza? $600. Megan, I'm not too good at math, but... <laughs> Me neither. That's what really makes this business work. Oh, take a look at this one. I'm really proud of it. It's a frame made of gold leaf and polished bronze over a canvas with an oil painting of a miniature schnauzer dressed like an old-timey prospector. Hey, I have a painting that looks just like that one. Well, yes, it should look familiar to you. This is your painting. You mean you added all that weird stuff to Eric's painting? Oh, no, it was already like this. I think I'm going to sell it as is. There's something so special about it, don't you think? What can I say? I love just wearing clothes. Wait, can I have it back? Can I dip it in wax first? No. Then no. Megan, <laughs> I hate to be the bad guy here, but you can't just take other people's stuff from the ship, and you especially can't modify that stuff without their permission. Also, you really shouldn't be buying a bunch of crusty old furniture from the internet and storing it here on the ship. But why not? I'm making all of this stuff better. It's called furniture restoration, not furniture make it worse duration. Megan, that's not the point. We never asked for our furniture to be restored. So you're telling me that nobody likes this new audio console I made? Megan, that's just a bunch of our stuff glued together. Yeah, that looks like my record player. Glued to my alarm clock. And that alarm clock doesn't even work. What? And that alarm clock 
notebook is glued to my speakers, which I was using on my computer. And also, those speakers are glued to my AM FM radio. And I don't even know if it works because I use it as a paperweight, but I don't like that it's being glued to everyone else's stuff now. Yeah, and all of that is glued to my box of donuts, which, oh, wait, no. No, this is just where I left my box of donuts. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Mmm, was good. Oh, so I'm the bad guy here for trying to improve your stuff. You all just can't see my artistic vision. Nobody understands me. I'm going to the only place on the ship where I feel that my talents are truly appreciated. My room. <laughs> Megan, wait. Come back. We'll be right back. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is sponsored by DoorDash, where you can get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with DashPass, and new members get a 30-day free trial. Hey, Peter! Hey, Lee! What you doing? Just waiting for a delivery. Oh, that's cool. What are you getting? It's here! Thank you! Delicious sushi! Aren't you going to eat it now? Oh, no. I'm waiting for a delivery. I thought that was your delivery. Another delivery. It's here! Thank you! What's that delivery? Groceries. Uh, want help putting them away? Thanks, but not yet. I'm waiting for a delivery. Another delivery? It's here! Thank you! Peter, why are you getting- It's here! Thank you! This seems like a lot it's of- It's here! Thank you! Peter, why do you keep getting so many deliveries? It's too easy! I can't stop! Well, what's that delivery you just got? Oh, more sushi. Wow, I guess getting that many deliveries makes you hungry. You have no idea. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, grown-ups! Today's episode is sponsored by Carnegie Hall Kids. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for children ages 5 through 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes, igniting imagination in children, offering activities that encourage musical curiosity, and developing knowledge of musical concepts. To find all of the fun, child-friendly games and quizzes, just go to, uh... J just go to... Jeez, uh, I can't remember. Hey, Peter! Hey, Lee! Peter, do you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, kids? I sure do. Practice, practice, practice. No, no, no. That's the old joke about Carnegie Hall. I'm wondering if you know how to get to Carnegie Hall, kids. Kids can practice too, Lee. Jeez. I know kids can practice. I'm just wondering how to find Carnegie Hall, kids. It's on 7th Ave between 56th and 57th Street. No, Peter, not the physical Carnegie Hall. I'm talking talking about the website Carnegie Hall Kids, where kids can check out fun musical games and quizzes. I'm not sure I follow. Well, there's one quiz called Animal or Instrument. Ooh, good question. I think you either sound like a crow or a trumpet. No, not me. Animal or Instrument is a quiz that asks kids to listen to sounds and then guess how they're made. Sounds okay. I'd rather learn about different musical traditions from different cultures, though. You can do that at Carnegie Hall Kids, too. I just need to know how to get there. You're going to want to take the NQ or R train to 57th Street. You can't miss it. It's a website! I can make an elephant sound! <laughs> <sighs> 
Very good, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. Start your child's musical journey today at kids.carnegiehall.org. Hey, you figured it out. That's kids.carnegiehall.org. Well, I've tried everything. Knocking on Megan's door a whole bunch, screaming Megan at the top of my lungs, texting Megan the I'm sorry emoji. Oh, which one is the I'm sorry emoji? Oh, I just sent a sad face and a heart. Huh. I used to use a cheeseburger and the skateboard to say I'm sorry. Yeah, and I use the bathtub and the fax machine. And I've never had anything to apologize for. Anyway, the point is, she won't come out of her room. I think we really hurt her feelings. What should we do? Well, why do we think Megan is suddenly obsessed with restoring all the furniture on the ship? Maybe she's bored. Maybe she's sad. Or maybe it's all of those things. Huh? Maybe Megan has been feeling really cooped up on the ship. Like, we've been underwater for a long time by now, doing the same things over and over and over again. Maybe she just took up furniture restoration because... It gave her something new to do. Well, maybe Megan should have a place where she can do that kind of thing. A corner of the ship or maybe even a whole room where she can just do whatever makes her happy. A craft room. We can build it from the ground up. Did somebody say, a build? A building's my thing. We, we know. know. All right, everyone. Let's get to work. All right, we're done. Let's go show Megan. Hey, Megan. You in there? You might want to come out for a second. We have something for you. For me? Yeah, take a look. Oh, wow. A craft room? It's beautiful. You all built this whole thing just for me. Well, mostly it was Rachel, but the rest of us helped. I added reprogrammable LED lighting strips around your workstation. I added a mini fridge so you never get hungry while you're crafting. And I stocked the mini fridge with beans. I contributed glue. I contributed glitter. I put these fuzzy little pipe cleaners on everything, you know, just to add a little vibe. I painted the sign that says Megan's Craft Room. And I gave you a bunch of scrap wood from my furniture making workshop so you can upcycle it into cool new restored furniture. Everybody, this is so nice. I, I feel like I've been really fidgety lately, and I guess I needed something to do with my hands. I'm sorry I took all your things without asking. No, Megan, we're sorry. <gasps> I apologized. I broke my streak. We shouldn't have gotten so mad about you trying to improve stuff on the ship. We knew that you were just trying to help. And we wanted to do something to help you. We hope that this new craft room can be a healthy, creative outlet for you. And that you get good at restoring furniture, but not so good that our things become too similar and people start saying, oh, Rachel and Megan, <laughs> don't they sort of just do the same thing? Noted. Ooh, I love my new craft room so much. I can't wait to put it to good use. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to start right now. Who wants a friendship bracelet? Oh, yes. Yes. And while Megan's doing that, let's all do another story. Yeah! Okay, listeners, have you ever had the stunning realization that your teachers don't just sleep at school and do nothing but teach you all day? That they might actually have entire lives of their own and families and maybe even hobbies? Mind-blowing, right? Well, the author of this next story had her mind blown in a similar fashion. Here she is to tell you all about it. Hi, I'm Lily. I'm 10 years old and I live in Utah. This is my story. Teachers are people, too! 
Senor Niles, are we there yet? Amy, can you tell me how you say, are we there yet, in Spanish? This is a Spanish immersion school, after all. Ya igamos? Correcto. And here we are. Thank you, bus driver. Wahoo, sixth graders. Nosotros hemos llegado. Welcome to Camp Three Rivers, our home for today, tonight, and tomorrow. Grab your bag from underneath the bus and get your cabin assignments from Ms. Harris. Over here. Then meet me in the main lodge at 11 a.m. in your hiking boots para una caminata. Vamanos! Hey, don't you guys ever wonder, like, what's Senior Niles' deal? What do you mean by that, Sebastian? Like, why is he always in a good mood? And how could he have this much energy? I think he's in his 40s. It's like he's an actor impersonating what he thinks a fun, friendly teacher would be like. Maybe he's an actor undercover. He's going method, and this is actually his research. <laughs> yeah, or he's like a spy. Or he's a werewolf overcompensating for his true nature so that we don't suspect he's a mythical beast during full moons. Estudiantes. Ah! Queda. Nada. Vámonos. La luz del día se está perdiendo. Whoever he is, or whatever he is, he seems a lot happier than Miss Harris. Does anyone know what poison ivy looks like? No? Oh, okay, then everyone stay away from plants, especially those with leaves and branches, and birds, just to be safe, they could carry it in their mouth. Guys, maybe by the end of this camping trip, we can figure out what Senor Niles' deal is. Yeah. yeah. Good call, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, class, just a little further now, and we'll be to the top of that ridge. Here we are. Whoa. You and your partner only have 20 minutes to find the flora and fauna listed on your worksheet. And remember, I'm awarding special bonus points if you can tell me the name of the plants in Espanol. Buena suerte. Amy, come on. First, we've got to find a maple. Oh, I see one. Further up there on the right. Let's go. Whoa, whoa. Shh, shh. Is that Senor Niles near the maple tree? It looks like he's digging around in the leaves, like a dog or something. Or like a werewolf? Wait, he's taking one of those seed pods. Is he splitting it? And and sticking sticking it on on his his forehead? Why? Ah, Eli, Amy, have you ever done this? With this seed pod stuck to my head, I look like Unicornio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's my good. Vamanos. Okay, back to the worksheet. Uh, One down maple. I wish I knew how to say that in Spanish. Arce. Senor Niles. Don't tell anyone I helped you. Wahoo. The only person who would know how to move that quietly is a spy. A spy with coffee breath. Now, come on, we've got 11 more plants to find before lunch. Students, using my handy guidebook, I figured out that this is poison ivy. So if you see this plant that I'm holding in my hand here, do not pick it up. But Miss Harris, if that's poison ivy, you shouldn't be picking it up either. Does anyone have a wet wipe? How can Senior Niles eat with that seed pod stuck to his face? Maybe it's helping to mask the smell of this mystery meatloaf. Does anyone have any more ideas about what Senior Niles' deal is? 100% werewolf. How else do you explain his crazy house he can't control? Estos platanos son excepcionales. See? Well, there's a full moon, and it says in our itinerary there's a class bonfire tonight, so I guess we'll find out. Okay, Classe, this bonfire we built is maravilloso. But what bonfire is complete without marshmallows? 
marshmallows. <laughs> now, come get a roasting stick and a malvavisco and grab a seat near the fire. But watch out for poison ivy. And for you, and for you, and for you, Amy. Gracias. Sebastian, did you get one yet? Uh, can you just throw it? What if it falls into the flame? We don't have extra. Just throw it, Esteban. Oh, lo siento. <laughs> no hay problema. If anyone except Sebastian needs roasting marshmallow tips, let me know. I am an expert. Voy a campar mucho y a mis hijos les encantan los malvaviscos. <gasps> Did you just say you camp a lot with your kids and they love marshmallows? See, si. great translation, Amy. Okay, sorry. It's just hard to believe. That I camp or that my kids love marshmallows? All of it. I guess we really don't know anything about your personal life. It's hard to imagine you outside of school brushing your teeth, combing your hair, and, like, sleeping and stuff. You know, like a person. Ah, see. Sí. Well, it may shock you, but he sido una persona toda mi vida. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Senor Niles, do you eat dinner? Every night. ¿Cuánto dinero tiene usted? Suficiente. Do you like doggies? Oh, sí, mucho. Are you married? Yes, for many years. Are you scared of spiders? Yes, for many years. Do you have a brain and can you think? <laughs> oh, Amy, sí, intento tener cerebro y pensar todos los días. Senor Niles, are you a werewolf? Not unless there's a full moon, which there is tonight. <gasps> Oh, no. ¿Qué está pasando? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> Are you sure? Sebastian, I'm honored that you think I was cool enough to turn into Hombre Lobo. It's one of my favorite classic horror movies. Oh, these are such fun questions. Does anyone have any questions for me? Um, is your poison ivy better? Well, thank you for asking, Amy. It's actually gotten worse. Why let this gorgeous full moon go to waste? Let's have some fun. On the count of three, everyone give your best werewolf howl. Uno, dos, tres. Elfine. And now, Lee speaks with the author. Hey, Lily, it's Lee from Story Pirates. Uh, hi! Hi, how are you? Great! So, Lily, can you tell me how you got the idea for your story, Teachers Are People Too? So, um, my little sister, Tina, was actually talking about how her teacher, Miss Whittle, had to go to help, I think, her mom, right? Oh, her big sister. Yeah. And then I was like, Miss Whittle has a big sister? Wow, I never really thought about teachers' lives. I should make a story about that. <laughs> so when you made that discovery that teachers are people too in your own life, did it change the way that you think about teachers? Oh, yeah. I, at first, I kind of like, I didn't actually believe it, but I kind of thought of them as just like robots. They're like told to <laughs> say these exact words, you know? Uh-huh. So how has your thinking changed now that you know that they're people? Um. So I used to think, oh, I'm learning about math. And now I'm thinking, oh, the teacher is teaching me math. That is really profound, actually. Thank you. Because they're teaching you math through their own perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's like different for every teacher. Yeah, and different for every student. 
Yeah, even if they're teaching or learning the same thing, they say it in different words and the students interpret it in slightly different ways. I think some people don't realize that about anybody their whole life. Wow. Because it's not just teachers who are people too, right? Yeah, (laughs) everyone's a person except for like dogs and fish. (laughs) That's right. Everyone's a person. So everyone like has lives. So everything you do affects at least one person's life. So everyone has value in some way. Yeah. What if you expand it to like people who are rude or might seem rude or seem unkind? That would be a little bit harder to think about because you just see them as the person that keeps yelling at you and calling you rude names. Mm -hmm. You don't think You don't think about why you're just like, they're mean. Why else would they do it? But if you did think about the life that they're having outside of this interaction, maybe this unpleasant interaction, what do you think you would discover? I think, like, honestly, I might find out they're a werewolf. Yeah. And so next time someone's being grumpy towards you, just think, maybe they were up all night being a werewolf and you should cut them some slack. Yeah. Yeah, and also not have a sleepover with them. (laughs) Again, another extremely wise piece of advice. Okay, so let me ask you a very difficult question. Ooh, I like those. We've discussed that teachers are people too. Mm -hmm. We've discussed that other people are people too. Yeah. Do you think the story pirates are people too? Hmm. Uh, I think... I wouldn't be very surprised if I found out that there is a different Lee somewhere who is doing story pirates right now. And you are a robot (gasps) programmed to call me. Oh, my gosh. If I am a robot, do you think that I can understand that I'm a robot? Like, is it in my programming to understand that I'm programmed? Oh, my goodness. That's actually a really hard question. (laughs) You most robots? I don't know. Are you a robot? Then you could tell me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a robot. Ah, are you a robot? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not a robot. Okay. I'll take your word for it. What do you think that is, <laughs> that impulse to think that other things or people are robots? I think it's kind of like wired into our brains from back when we were cave people. But now that we have, like, machines and stuff to help us and we don't need it, it kind of gets in the way instead of helping us anymore. I bet there are a lot of those things that we have, like, leftover instincts from when we are cave people that don't necessarily serve us well in this modern world. Yeah, like, the three Fs. I usually just say fight or flight, but there's also freeze. They are, like, when something scary is happening, like, back when we were cave people, if you see a giant saber-toothed tiger, you have to make a split-second decision. Will you fight it? Are you strong enough? Are you in the right position? Will you freeze? Will it see you if you try to hide? Or should you run? Is running the only choice? Those instincts come, and now when we see something that could be threatening, even if it isn't really threatening, but like a tech, it isn't really, really threatening, but we do think maybe my parents will yell at me if I get an F. And so when you're on that test, you're like, oh no, my natural instinct is like making me freeze. Or, like, run to the nurse's office. That's a great example. And, and like, a fight, freeze, or a flight response isn't necessarily helpful when you're facing a test. 
So how do you how do you get past that? If you're looking at your test and you're like, uh, what do I do? And you're starting to have these learned responses from cave people, ancestors of yours that aren't helpful. How do you get past those responses? How do you unlearn that instinct? So you'll always sometimes feel like that. It's not completely avoidable. But one thing that helps me is focus on your breathing. And sometimes it helps to just focus on those thoughts and be like, I might get an F on my test. That might happen. And then think, but it might not. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of leaves a little. That helps a little for me. It sounds like you are controlling your breath to sort of put you back in your body. Yeah. And then you're sort of introducing logic into the equation. You're saying, well, this thing I'm afraid of might happen, but it also might not. Or might be something totally different. Oh, yeah. You might get an F, you might get an A+, plus, but you might also, this test was really a trick and the teacher <laughs> is a zombie trying to distract you so that you it can eat your brain. Uh, I think that if that was the case for me, I, I would run to the nurse's office for sure. <laughs> me too. And then the nurse is like, I can help you with that. And then they turn around and the nurse is a zombie too. Like one of those really bad horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, it has been a joy to speak with you today. Thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for choosing my story. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you for letting us perform it. You're welcome too. What if we just kept thanking each other for different things for like an hour? <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> All right. Bye, Lily. Bye. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening, and a huge thanks to today's authors, Jack and Lily. Before we go, here's today's story spark. Kids, write us a story about a character's secret life. First, come up with a character from your imagination that seems like a normal, ordinary character. And then, tell us what that character secretly does in their spare time. Is it something heroic? Something devious? Or maybe just something silly? Finally, tell us what happens when their secret life is discovered by someone else. Are they upset that their secret has been revealed? Or is it kind of a relief? As always, grown-ups can submit stories at storypirates.com. See you next week. Bye! The Story Pirates Podcast is a production of Gimlet Media, executive produced by Lee Overtree and Benjamin Salka. This episode was produced by Sam Bear, Mike Cavallon, Chad Chennai, Peter McNerney, Andrew Miller, Megan O'Neill, Lee Overtree, Jonathan Roberts, Jasmine Romero, Rachel Winitsky, and Nimini Ware. Recording, sound design, and mixing by Sam Bear at the Relic Room in New York City. Our theme song was written by Bobby Lord, arranged by Brendan O'Grady and Jack Mitchell, produced by Brendan O'Grady, and featuring the beatboxing of Kayla Milady. Musical scoring by Jack Mitchell. Musical scoring for Conquering Pitland by Eric Gerson. Our head writer is Rachel Winitsky. Staff writers are Mike Cavallon and Mahala Lawrence. Contributing writers are Ryan Chittapong, Peter McNerney, Megan O'Neill, and Lee Overtree. This episode features performances by Eric Austin, Sasha Diamond, Chris Ferry, Lindsay Ford, Quentin Johnson, Nick Canellis, Leslie Kareen, Peter McNerney, Alexandra Nader, Lee Overtree, Justin Phillips, 
Alan Pierre, Peter Russo, Kristen Studdard, Maddie Wager, Rachel Winitsky, Nimini Ware, and Matt Zembrana. Now that I'm done with today's episode, I can finally relax. I'm just going to have a big glass of water. Put on some soothing music. And take off my human face to reveal my robot face. There it goes. Just so nice to just relax and be myself after a long day of podcast. Wait a second. Lily was right. Robot face. I am a robot. No. Wait. There's there's something else under this robot face. Oh, it's another human face. That was a close one. Thought it was a robot. Wait a second. There's something else under this second human face. What is it? You know what? I don't want to know. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs>